0: Welcome to Coffee with Bishop Suriel, a podcast for all things Coptic. This is a conversation about authentic Christian faith, Coptic history, patristic writings, the family, arts and music, religious education, youth matters, evangelism, and much more. Bishop Suriel likes his coffee like he likes his conversation, light, sweet, and scorching. We'll be joined by an array of guests who'll share their experiences, their backgrounds, and their insights to bring about an exciting discussion. And we hope you agree. Enjoy the podcast and please welcome our host, Bishop Suriel.
1: Irini Passi, peace be with you. First of all, I would like to wish you all a blessed new year, 2021. I pray that it will be a year full of safety hope, peace, and success to each of you and your families and friends. When I think of the events of the past year around the world, it leads me to stop and think seriously today as we begin a new year and a new leaf in our individual and collective lives. If we reflect over the events of 2020, we can see so many tragedies surrounding us. In particular, the COVID-19 virus infected over 80 million people around the world and almost 2 million lives lost. It is a tragedy that occurs once in 100 years or so. Certainly, 2020 has been a year like no other in most people's lives. During such tragedies, people might stop, think, and wonder And some come to themselves and learn an important lesson for their lives and take the opportunity to change their ways and to return to God if they have been far away from him. Yet for many others, after the initial shock and dismay, may continue to go on with their lives as if nothing has taken place. They say that time heals many wounds and eventually the events will no longer be in our immediate thinking. But I think 2020 will remain with us in our memories for a bit longer. The end of a year is always a good time to reflect on our lives and particularly our spiritual lives. Please take the opportunity to do so as soon as you could. All of these messages that God sends to us, whether in a global or personal way, do we benefit from them, or do we just shrug them off as just another incident or another year has passed? These opportunities that God gives to us for spiritual awakening must not go unheeded, but we must take action immediately. I'm not, of course, saying in any way whatsoever that God is the cause of the COVID-19, not at all. But I'm saying that we can learn many lessons from it. Just as in the case of the prodigal son, he realized his bad condition, his spiritual deep sleep, he awakened out of this spiritual slumber, knew the solution, reached the decision, and implemented it straight away. His session alone by himself in the presence of God was a session of destiny that determined how the rest of his life would proceed. God says to us in the book of Malachi in the Old Testament in chapter 3, verse 7, Return to me, and I will return to you. It is an opportunity, A good opportunity, my brethren, today. If you have been far from the Lord, return back to him. He has created us with free will and will never pressure us to return. But he is yearning for us and loves us so dearly. He wants our joy and success and willing to give it all to us if we ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you, says the Lord in the Gospel of Saint Luke, chapter 11, verse 19. Even if you feel you are totally hopeless, a totally hopeless case, the Lord still believes in you and will blot out all your iniquities if you repent and realize your sins and errors. He will forgive. And remember your sin no more. Yes, he is indeed a loving father who forgives and cares deeply about us. Do not let Satan trick you that your confession father will think evil of you. He won't. The priest is the presbyter, the intercessor on our behalf in front of God. It is the Lord who will forgive and release you of your heavy burden. There are many examples in history to learn from their repentance that we don't have time to go into detail about, but people or saints such as Saint Moses the Strong and Saint Mary of Egypt as two examples. Even if your life is as bad, The Lord says to you today, If you come to me with a contrite heart and truly repent and confess your sins, I will return you pure again, and I will forgive you. You will feel a heavy burden lifted from your shoulders and from your heart. Joy and happiness will return to your life. I wonder if we lived each day as if it was our last day on earth, What would change in our life? Each morning you wake up, you pray, and thank the Lord for giving you another day, another chance to live with him and to live in a pure and holy life. You make sure if your husband or wife is upset with you that you reconcile immediately, even if you feel you are right and they are wrong. You go about doing good whenever you can. You encourage people and say positive things to them. You support your children and give them words of wisdom. You speak and teach them the ways of the Lord. All these things, my dear viewers and listeners, will bring you joy and you will feel truly alive. Remember what the father said about his prodigal son when he returned. He said, For your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found, as mentioned in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 15, verse 31. Yes, being away from the Lord is deadness. We do not want our relationship with God to be stale, but renewed with every morning. St. Paul says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In all of our Lord's dialogue about the signs of the end, his message is clear. Watch. The second coming for each and every one of us, in a way, in a sort of way, is at the point of our passing from the world. So Christ warns us by saying in Luke chapter 21, verse 36, Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. With this simple spiritual word, I would like to say thank you to everyone who supported this podcast and this ministry and for your encouraging words and in the many ways that so many of you supported this work. You will shortly see and hear a year in review of the podcasts that I shared with you since July 12, 2020, when we launched this ministry, which I hope that you will enjoy. And finally, I'm happy to share with you some good news, and it is the new nonprofit organization, That has been recently set up, St. Habib Gerges Foundation, or SHGF for short. The main activity and mission of St. Habib Gerges Foundation is to promote and enhance Christian education and to spread the message of an ancient Christian tradition to every member of God's family. So the aim of SHGF is to spread this apostolic teaching through the latest technological advancements available in order to reach as many people as possible across the globe. It is a great task and needs a lot of work and support. This includes as many channels of social media as achievable. This ministry will take place through a variety of means, including, but not limited to, podcasts, conferences, publications, public speaking events, and by any other means possible that may develop over time. As you can imagine, there are many expenses associated with such a vast work and ministry. And the foundation would greatly greatly appreciate your support. Your donations are tax deductible and the letter would be sent out to you annually for you to claim your tax deduction. The details of how you can support this ministry can be found on the screen shortly, uh, either by check or by transfer to the foundation's um, bank account. I hope that you uh, would support this ministry. I thank you again for your prayers Uh, and uh, I hope that 2021 will be a year full of hope, full of joy, safety for each and every one of you. And I ask also for your prayers as we uh, continue this work uh, and I and I hope uh, that you can continue tuning in either on YouTube or on the variety of different uh, podcast channels, whether Apple Podcasts or on Google uh, or by any other means that you enjoy listening or watching to your podcast. Be inspired by the Holy Spirit and stay safe. God bless you all. a disastrous beginning for an immigrant family attempting to start a new life for themselves. I really don't know how my parents survived these tragic incidents and continued living in Australia. I think such a beginning had a long-lasting and detrimental effect on them, and sometimes I wonder if they ever recovered from that trauma.
2: I still remember in my memory uh, 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 Bob on, uh, sitting on a chair and we are coming with all the crowd to, to bless us <laughs> uh, my family told me that is we offer you to Bob uh, um, Krullus, uh, Krullus to bless you and he, he put his hand on your head and said this is a blessed boy
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> so yeah, I, he was I, not wrong there <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I remember on the 6th of October in the evening we have our regular meetings and they reached to him. That, that's Amba Samuel Also, is skilled, mm. and he gave a long speech about Amba Samuel and uh, his contribution to the service, to the church, and his, his relationship. And he whipped a quite wow uh, in this in this mm-hmm. night. You have some people who react in an objective way, try to understand, and people react emotional way. And of course, I suffered from that. In, you know, I, I have people who get, make a uh, and protest against me, uh, distribute pamphlets against me, and, and I, I saw a lot of things like this. We've
1: all experienced <laughs> that, Your Eminence. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now, in the Covenant nineteen, we are not discussing a change the right of administering the Holy Communion, but we are discussing a pastoral need for some people who have a concern about getting infected because the way which we administer the holy communion
0: this is we want to take christ to the darkest places of of the streets and of communities and to be comfortable with the dark and not fearful and to set up shop and to walk with people even if it takes 40 years to the promised land. I've come across at least three or four young women of Coptic faith working as prostitutes. You know, life is hard for some young people. We have young people that are struggling with sexual abuse, with physical abuse, with mental health, with addiction. And when you unpack these lives, it's very easy to say, oh, you're an addict and whatever. But when you unpack their lives, you will always find a hidden secret somewhere. And Mm -hmm. but the grace of God, it could be any of us. Um, Mm. You know, we've got um, mental health. We've got a case at the moment where the mother has not left her bedroom for nine years because of mental health. Oh, my goodness. You know, and how can we? Who are we to judge this? Mm, mm. This could be us in a heartbeat. Yeah. Many times, I'll be in a meeting and, uh, or visiting a home uh, that's struggling, and the father or someone will say in Arabic, "Oh, why do you have a foreigner, you know, amongst us?" And I can understand that quite well. And it's like, well, you know, I'm Coptic Orthodox too, mm. and you know, God, God works. I, it's
1: beautiful i love yeah. how you use many quotes from the early church mothers and fathers and you mentioned Evagrius of pontus saying that love is the child of joy and peace then speak about an argument um with your husband so do priests and their wives actually have arguments <laughs> and what was the lesson you want to share with us here <laughs> Well, you know, of course we argue Um, You know, we're obviously human And maybe we argue even more than other couples Because the devil really likes to attack the unity of Christian families uh, In general And perhaps even more so the clergy family (laughs) I remember someone a few years ago Telling me a story about Father Athanasius (laughs) That they were driving along the road And then suddenly they came to a red signal uh, uh, stop and who was on the other side of the road. It was Father Athanasius stopping at the red light, and what did he have in his hand? (laughs) He had a book, and it was open, and he was reading the book while there was a red light. I do not condone this behavior. <laughs> and I don't advise people to do that because it is a distraction. But I guess the moral of the story, it just shows he, how he did not want to, you know, spare one single moment without reading. And I know how many hours that he reads every single day. And uh, it shows in his sermons, in his lectures. There is no other time when you can see so many scientists
3: in the medical field working together to try to find a cure or a vaccine. Um, it's my son, Andrew, was just talking to me about that the other day. There are thousands, if not tens of thousands, all around the world trying to understand the virus, looking at the genetic Uh, constituency and of this virus and how we can combat it. And I am sure with all these activities and momentum that one of those days, hopefully sooner than later, we'll find a vaccine and maybe even a cure for it later. If technology becomes a roadblock to human interaction
4: Mm.
3: and human relationships, I think that will be a negative. I remember Pope Francis once says that I look in my uh, in the liturgy and see everybody using a phone. And when I say lift up your hearts, people lift up their phones and take pictures. That's not the idea. Mm. The idea is to, uh, you are supposed to be overwhelmed with technology in six days of the week. So at least once a week, when you go to
1: church, leave your technology behind. Our young people cannot be used to thinking in a critical manner at university and work and then come to church and find that their questions are not being answered appropriately. That's just unacceptable. We must give full and informed answers when we are asked a question, any question. We must be sure that the education we offer is of the highest caliber, and this demands integrity and accountability.
4: Although there were divisions, one thing that I always kept coming back to in in my research is how um, it never led to schism. And so when you look at other immigrant groups such as the Mennonites and you look at the Ukrainians and other immigrants to Canada and the United States, often in the history of uh, uh, several Orthodox churches and especially in American Catholicism, uh, there is this issue of trusteeism, which is division caused by lay challenges to uh, church boards and clerical authority, yeah. um, and it leads to schism. Uh, but uh, throughout the period that I study up in, into the late 90s, uh, although there are divisions uh, based in, in class and in in the timing of immigration, the experiences that they had in Egypt as, as um, uh, the... Uh, society became much more polarized along religious lines, um, we, we don't encounter that same thing with the Copts. We don't encounter schism.
0: I think one of the most important things that we can do is educate ourselves, um, not only as, as white people like myself, but um, as part of a, um, you know, a church like the Coptic Orthodox Church, um, how we can think about uh, racism in American society. Um, as not only affecting um, uh, black folks, but also affecting our communities as well, right? So just because somebody within the Coptic community hasn't experienced uh, personal racism, it doesn't mean that others have not, in the case of Romani, in the case of Azad Karas, and many others. Um, and other Middle Eastern Christians in the United States have experienced uh, discrimination.
1: Stresses are times of testing. Yet the worst stress can turn to our long-term advantage. Stress makes us think, thought makes us wise, and wisdom makes stress manageable. If we manage the inevitable stresses of life sensibly and courageously, we will make positive adjustments, learn helpful skills, and set new directions for our lives so we will change and grow into the competent and fulfilled persons we are meant to be. Our Christian Orthodox faith and tradition is what holds us together. This is an important element of continuity that needs to be taught and handed down faithfully to our children from generation to generation. Tradition is not about buildings that may become museum pieces in a hundred years or so if we are not careful. But it is something more concrete than buildings. It is something to be experienced and taught to our children. Perhaps monasticism will also play an important role in restoring the whole Christian church to one faith. One flock for one shepherd who is our Lord, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think if we as Copts, and I am speaking as a monk also, if there are any concerns we have with regards to reconciliation, it would be with regards to the monks of Mount Athos and some traditionalist groups within the Eastern Orthodox Church. Thank
0: you for listening to Coffee with Bishop Surreal, a podcast for all things Coptic. To join the conversation, please visit our website, coffeewithbishopsuriel.org. And always remember, the best way to start any morning is with God and a cup of coffee.